Okay. All right. Um, hello, hello. This is Aaron Weil from Film Roundtable. Uh, today is uh, September 14th, 2023. And we have a um, really great conversation today that we've been trying to get into the works for like seven months. So this is really exciting that it's happening today. Um, where we have James Friend, uh, cinematographer, um, recent recipient of the Oscar and the BAFTA for um, Edward Berger's All Quiet on the Western Front. And we're super excited to have him here. And then also film roundtable original and kind of co-founder of a film roundtable too, Bradford Young, um, visual artist and cinematographer. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go dark and let these two just have a really fun conversation today. So James, thanks so much for joining us and Brad, you as well. And um, yeah, have fun. And I'll be I'll be around if you need it, if there's any technical issues. No doubt. Have fun. Thank you. It, it's saying my, it's actually saying my internet's unstable, so I'm just gonna quickly Yeah, do your thing. Can you cut around this or not? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm just going to quickly call my, my missus and just say, get off the phone. Um, <laughs> this is all we're going to go in it, man. This is, they, everybody needs to know what it's like, the real life of a, of a cinematographer. Hello, sorry. Hello. Yeah, um, it's saying the internet's unstable, so if you could see, yeah, thank you. There we go. Sorry, mate. Nah, you good, man. Yeah, nah, thank you, bro. Um, yeah, man. So every yeah, here we go. That's good. Now you picked up. You kind of darted out there. Um, yo, I just wanna say peace to everybody and uh, you know, more than anything, say thank you to Mr. James Friend, who we can all imagine is very busy. And um also want to say congratulations. Um, though I feel like I said congratulations to you <laughs> after everything went down, but I want to repeat my congratulations to you um, for all of your um, obviously incredible accolades and, you know, obviously winning the Academy Award for me, you know, to me, winning the BAFTA is like, <laughs> my dream is I'll, I'll take a BAFTA, an Oscar, I was, okay, but I'll take a BAFTA, but I'm so happy that the whole world and people within the industry and folks who we call our colleagues, some who work in film and some who don't, um, understood how important it was to honor you on those days and really show the film world and you know the world at large who cares about cinema and filmmaking that the work you did on um, All Quiet on the Western Front was nothing less than masterful. Um, so I wanted to say congratulations, not only for the awards, but also congratulations for all the incredible work that you did on that film. I mean, there's not a single wasted frame, bro. Not a single wasted frame. And I mean that in on every level in terms of efficiency of telling story, but also just artistry. Like every frame is so intentional. Every frame is so um realized in such a beautiful way and um and i also really appreciate the fact that it was um you all left room for imperfection too you know
you know, and that's what made it really felt is that it was surrounded by so much frequency and so much beautiful rhythm. So thank you for that and congratulations. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my, yeah, man, not humble and super humble to be here with you today. I think, I think the first time, I think the first time um, I saw you, I like paused and was like, hold on, what's going on? Was on was with Victoria. <laughs> I remember watching Victoria to see, and, I remember, and, and this is this is this is this is this is how James Friend does it. It's like James Friend shows up on these these series, and either he's setting the look or a look has been set. But obviously, with your honor, you set up a look, you set the precedence. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Victoria uh, of it all went, and obviously, you know, on Acolyte is a different situation. We'll talk about all that if we have time, but like. It, for me, Victoria was one of those things where James Friend shows up and he brings all his James Friendness <laughs> to the table. And I remember watching the whole series of Victoria, and then your your episodes, two of them, your episodes popped in, and it was just like, hold on, something else happened. What happened? <laughs> Somebody else is here, and it was so in line with what happened. It was it was uh, it wasn't disruptive, but it was something about it that was. Um, really beautiful and I and I and I and I and and I remember meeting you at this um BSC awards thing when Arrival was making this way and I was in London shooting um yeah and I remember meeting you and I was and I just remember your 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 vibe your energy and I and I believe I met your wife that day as well yeah. and, and um I just remember like oh this cast got beautiful energy and we were all kind of in a conversation together we were just talking it was really interesting and then didn't like really seeing your work. Um, it's just been, you know, I just, so, so from seeing Victoria and meeting you that day, I've been really following you because you know how it is when, you, when, you're, when you're working and you look at material, you feel like a, I'm always looking for, or it, a, a kind of kindred spirit hits me. And like, when I see that some of the stuff that you're doing, I, I always feel like I, I can identify with it on like a personal level as an artist. Like I see strokes of things that I want to do that I never had a chance to do. Um, and then I see strokes of things that I feel like I'm building on. And then I see strokes of things that I feel like I feel it feels honored that like I feel it that there's some like anchor between you and I. Um, and I, I don't feel like that about a lot of cats shooting now, but I do feel that about your work. So um, so I'm just really humbled to really be talking to you. Let's throw that in there. I just want, man, first and foremost, man, I just want to hear, like, how you got in the game. Like, what what happened? Did you, you got a parent who was a filmmaker? Were you supposed to be uh, I, I a doctor? To... What's up? <laughs> your last your last statement of, uh, of of talking about my work and, like, kindred spirits and stuff is possibly one of the most beautiful things anyone ever said to me, <laughs> especially, like... Oh, uh, nah, man. One of my heroes, uh, and and you know, like, talk about if you look at my work, then I I uh, I obsess over yours. <laughs> so I mean, nah, nah, likewise. Honestly, my friend, it's that it's such a beautiful thing, and you know, just to be recognised um, in in any way, even if it's just a, a fleeting glimpse, is is an honour. But to be uh, but to be spoken about to this degree is. Um, surreal for me so i thank you um from the, the bottom of my heart i mean but um likewise likewise how did i get into the game um it's 
I mean, where do I begin? I, I think my, I, I come from a very close family. Uh, no one else in my family at that time were filmmakers um, like at all. And, uh, and I, I've got, um, I've got an older brother who's six years older than me and I've got a twin sister and um, he, he was, his name is Philip. He, he was extremely, um, well, he is an extremely creative individual. Um, and he's, uh, he, he, he hasn't ever worked in the arts, um, but he would, you know, when we were kids, we would play with like the Warhammer figures and he would teach me how to like paint them and make them. And, and we would build the sets and all this stuff. and all of the, you know, think things like that as a kid, when your brain is a sponge, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really important to exercise those things. And we would make up stories and we would play the, the games. And, you know, I, I was always very sort of imaginative. Um, mm. But my brother, I think, was the kind of spark of it all. Um, and, uh, you know, because he, he, he had this kind of maturity and was kind of almost curating like the kind of the, the the young James Friends kind of obsessions uh, when I was a kid because you know he had he had access to film and literature and art and um, computer games and things like that so like all of these things all through like osmosis really um, kind of came together and started to weave this kind of fabric of who I am now and um, and you know he. Um, he sat me down one day and when I was, I was very young and, and he, uh, he showed me the, the, the final scene of, um, of Alien and it completely blew me away because I must've been like six or seven, right? And my parents would have gone batshit crazy if they found out that he had shown me that. Um, but instead of, uh, instead of it, me being sort of scared and running out the room, even though I was most likely experiencing some kind of, uh, you know, terror and you know the roller coaster that is that kind of final act. Um, I was completely enraptured by it, and if you think about the combination of the sound, the score, the the cinematography, most certainly the directing, the performances, the design, the production design, you know, even just kind of looking at Geiger's kind of twisted brilliant mind that creates the alien you know all these things that you know it was like experiencing a new uh like finding a new sense or uh or finding a new color like you just never couldn't put my finger on it at the time just didn't know how to articulate it but i just kind of felt it and and um and then my brother just as i was growing up you know even walking into the you know the the living room where he would be watching a movie you know, walking in and him watching Blade Runner and then him watching like Pulp Fiction. And he, he was the person that, that was like, right, this is Indiana Jones. This is Star Wars. This is, this is you know, uh, I mean, God, the, the, the list goes on. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is um, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, and, and yeah, like it became this cinema just became this obsession um, and a way for myself I was quite an introverted kid as well. I was uh, I was bullied badly at school. So like all I all I could really think about was kind of you know even though I was quite academic, but um, but I was very dyslexic. Well, I am very dyslexic as well. So I would 
I would just want to get school out of the way and I would want to come home and 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 put Ghostbusters on. Do you know what I mean? And just be completely sort of taken away as a as a ten year old kid. And um and then and then yeah, like my my own um kind of tastes and everything just started to evolve and and one day when I was most likely you know seven or something like that I remember putting the, the TV on and watching this um very familiar scene that um but from a completely different perspective and it was the making of a new hope right and um even so much so this is this is how crazy I am. I've got the originals. So it's the it's Vader going down the Wow. Wow, that's crazy. It's all that famous footage of um of you know the guys at ILM in San Francisco, you know, um, you know, um extra and um uh, Mullen and people like that. Uh, you know, flying a flying a, a Dijkstra flex over the, uh, the the Death Star and it all blowing up, and then you know shooting it up at higher frame rates to make it look bigger and all this kind of stuff. And I, and this, it, I remember it hit me like a like like a ton of bricks in the face. I was like, oh my god, people actually make these films. It was the first time the kind of fourth wall had ever been broken for me and I don't exactly remember how old I was but it was I, I was from that point onward I was I was fascinated by the process of making films and it didn't really click to me that it was kind of um you know that the, my dad's canon upstairs that you know I would sometimes like you know just just play around with the mechanism or anything like that actually had any kind of relationship to what what my passion was and then um I, when I, I i decided to leave school very early um at 16 years old because i hated it to be perfectly honest and um and i because i was reading a a book called the principles of cinematography by um or, or sorry practical cinematography by um paul wheeler who's uh, ended up being my mentor and um and i remember emailing him very early on and and basically he said to me go go and uh, go and apply to like the bbc or something like that so i thought right i'm going to leave school i'm going to cut my ties and i'm just going to be a free free guy but he also said that um you've got to learn how to light right that's that's one of the main principles of cinematography and then it turns out that to be, really to work on set as an electrician you needed to be a certified electrician so i focused all my energies um on my 16th birthday when i basically left school after my gcse's to uh to become an electrician just and i and i had this kind of crazy fantasy that i was gonna i was gonna pass my exams and then the next day i was gonna walk onto a star wars set or a james bond set and i was hugely into james bond right? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and um but I was so naive, the fact that it was such, it was such, and it still is to a certain degree, such a close shot, you know, um, and there was no real opportunities out there. So I, I, I wrote to the BBC, just didn't hear back. 
and I wrote another letter, another letter, another letter. Didn't hear back. Almost to the point where I got on a train and I went up to the, the BBC headquarters and walked into the uh, to the, the and basically said, "Look, I'm an electrician. And I want to work in. in can, can I come in? Can I speak to someone?" And they were just like, "No, you need to email this." You know, and and it just you know it just so in the end I ended up going to a place in London called the New York Film Academy, um, and I just did a four week course on uh on 16 millimeter filmmaking um where i learned how to sort of load and learn how what focus pulling was learn how to expose celluloid learn how learn actually the the principles of development and even though i was i kind of knew a lot of this stuff in theory because i was obsessed with reading all the books but i'd never put it into practice and um there i met a really cool tight-knit community of filmmakers that have all gone on and some of them have actually worked with yourself over the years as, as electricians and grips and things like that um but you know everyone went in and they all wanted to be directors and i was the only person in the class that actually wanted to be a cinematographer so i ended up basically shooting everyone's short film and then I, so i left at the end of this like tiny course and i had such a great time but i left with something that resembled a you couldn't call it a reel, but you could call it something that was like, it could just demonstrate something that you could do. And it was, I suppose, a reel in, in the, the student sense of the word. So I could go up to other students that were doing the, the big MA course there. And I could say, look, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. And I enjoyed the course so much. I just ended up going back into the next enrollment and doing it all over again, just so I could not, so I could um, necessarily learn the same skills again but it's just so i could just meet more people i could um i could practice that uh that skill and um and yeah that that was it and, and then uh, then one day someone came into the uh, classroom and said is james friend here um i i'm shooting a music video at the weekend and i need a um a qualified electrician on set um because of health and safety and all this kind of stuff and i was like oh, okay I'll, I'll come and do it so i went and i did my first professional shoot as an electrician um you know just uh just just like on set but i remember setting a flag and then uh you know but then instead of just sitting there and eating a bacon sandwich and scratching my ass or whatever i would go and stand sort of behind the dp and see what that flag did and then it, when the gaffer would say, I'll give that two turns of spot and pan left a little bit on the lamp, I would I would actually see the cause and effect of what that did and then put that frame in front of it, do this, do that. Um, so slowly I was kind of turning this this technical, um, like, boy, young man um, that, that knew a lot of stuff in theory but had a real passion and suddenly started to apply that to the art form of cinematography and um then yeah like that was that was kind of the start really and then you know i just basically swept floors and clean cable and you know loaded trucks and you know just did i would say like earned my my stripes in the business in order to you know and and then even <clears throat> to the point where I could call myself, don't even know really when it was, you know, a working DP. Um, 
that's really where the kind of journey or the next chapter also begins and then you know i shot a lot of what i would refer to at the moment as like complete crap like to the point where i was like now i'm a little bit embarrassed about it and then some days i wake up and i look at it and i go well actually that's just part of the journey so you can't be embarrassed. that's it that's it that's it's it like, it's like being a kid and making uh doing making stupid mistakes and you know doing this and doing the saying the wrong thing or you know it's it's kind of you know it's, it's all part of growing up um but you know i've most likely got more crap on my resume than i have got good stuff <laughs> but um but you know it's the it's the it's the reality of it because filmmaking is uh um even though it's in my opinion one of the finest well the finest art form in the world like i i adore it um but it is expensive to do it in certain ways and in order to prove to people that you can you know you can handle a budget of 100 million or 50 million or 30 million or 20,000 you know you you have to be able to demonstrate that you can you know so it's a it's a gradual it's a gradual incline you know I, I don't know anyone um who uh who was graduated from film school and then just rocked into like you know you know woken up the next day and been a Bradford Young or a Roger Deakins or a Linus or a you know a Wally Fister or you know I I, I don't I because I believe that they they don't actually exist you know it's a it, it is a gradual process and and that part of the process you know it, it crafts you as an individual and I and I feel like you have to travel you have to read you have to like I, I do this really weird thing that always has my um my family uh, uh like completely bemused where when I when I when I do traveling like sometimes I'm religious with my camera and I take it everywhere with me and then some days I just completely I, I will leave it like under my bed and and they say well oh, can you take a picture of us and, I, and I'm like I don't have my camera and, and when they ask me why I'm like because I want to see I want to see the environments that I'm, I don't want to kind of just always see things like this you know I actually want to kind of soak it in and soak the culture in or whatever so um so I think that all of those things that enrich your life um really do in a in a conscious and subconscious way uh, kind of imbue your art as a storyteller if that if that makes sense and i don't want it to sound contrived or premeditated or anything but like i, I all i can talk about is my personal experience i know it's different to other people you know sorry i've just waffled on for no, you haven't. No, no, no. I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm learning. No, you're not watching. That's we're here to we're here to shine a light on you, man. So no, this is, I'm I'm sure everybody who's watching is gonna really enjoy hearing you talk about, which um is so interesting to me. Like, as I said before, you know, you can always if you don't know somebody, or maybe you know somebody a little little bit, but when you see their work you can feel the relationship or relatability to their work on a personal level, even before you meet them. So I think what's really interesting about what you just shared with us and gave us and gifted us. I think there are a couple of things here that I really want to just even just highlight, you know, for like folks listening, especially young folks, you know, who are pursuing whatever practice, you know, it may be in their life, you know, whether it be they're pursuing being a mechanic or they're pursuing a role as a cinematographer in film culture, I think 
the thing that you really highlighted here that's incredible is that you put in so much work, man. Like you put in the hours. <laughs> and as you put in the hours, you had all of this other meta stuff that was happening behind you with family and you had a sibling who was so nurturing to you. Um, you know, that 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 that's something that I think is um is a thing. You know, it is, you know, you oftentimes in, in the world, I'm sure now more than ever, you know, you, you really get these incredible young people and these incredibly inspired artists who come up to you and ask you, like, what's the hidden, <laughs> what's the hidden formula to, to success, you know what I mean, in the film industry? And it's such a hard thing to quantify for somebody because oftentimes for us who are even working, it's very mysterious. Most of us, have, this, this path wasn't forged for us by our ancestors or by our parent. It was often forged with, some very oblique, abstract, um, unorthodox circumstances. Um, and then also at the same time with time, it's forward to the time, you know, we really spent a lot of hours, as you said, um, which was so beautiful and a great reminder of like, I read books, I listen to music. I have an older sibling, who, an older sibling who's been incredibly nurturing, you know. Um, I went to New York Film Academy, which is also very humbling. Because of what New York really, New York Film Academy really stands for, folks that don't oftentimes get a chance to go to these big universities and study, they go to New York Film Academy because it feels so egalitarian and it's accessible. So here you go, James Friend, who just won an Academy Award and a BAFTA. I went to New York Film Academy, and when I came out of New York Film Academy, <laughs> I've, I met a cadre of friends who I went off to make films with. And, you know, I started off as an electrician. I went on set and I paid attention. It's just like all of these little milestones for me are just proof that hard work, there's no magic here. It's really hard work. Um, you have but I think also, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just gonna say, you have to basically create your own luck. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> sorry, I've interrupted you. Sorry, go on. No, you haven't, you haven't. No, no, you haven't, no, I, no, no, go ahead. It's, you know, like the, like the the other shout out that I've got to really do, like not a shout out, but just a, a, a just show my appreciation is when um, when I uh, when I said to my family that I want to literally like go away and join the circus, they you know they um, they, <laughs> they, 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 they like they did do the very responsible thing like I would do with my daughter you know like um say are you sure like this is a this is a life it's like it's like joining the army or like joining the circus like you need to be aware of what you're getting yourself into but um you know I struggled at the beginning like really badly the only way I could the, the, the only the only way I could uh I could shoot films was basically doing them for free you know and um and when you've got when you when you live it living in London because you can't you can't live you know a hundred miles away somewhere cheaper because you'll never get those opportunities and never circulate in those communities of filmmakers as as kind of of such concentration so you know London's an expensive place you know and it and so my my parents um when they when they were like are you sure you want to do this and I was like yeah they they did support me, and without that, without their support, I would I would be I wouldn't be 
like where I, where I am, like genuinely. So, uh, so if if it be um, on set and those collective decisions that you make as as a film unit and as a good collaborative film uh, film crew, exactly the same way, like your family is also equally as important um, in those in those uh, in, in these times, you know. And and I, I remember I remember at my wedding waiting for my wife at the end at the end of the aisle waiting for her to turn up and i remember turning around and looking back and every face in the in the church um like every every face i was like uh director actor focus puller uh clapper loader grip um you know producer you know and, and i was like oh my god these are this, this is like another family that i've basically created along the way and and it's and you know and they they come from like the NYFA days, you know, the New York Film Academy day, you know, so it's, um, that was really like enriching, but also at the same time, I remember, you know, not being able to go to people's weddings and um, what during, during my, uh, like my, my sort of early days, I, I lost over the course of, you know, about 10 year period or whatever, I, my my grandparents slowly passed away and they were always extremely um extremely supportive extremely supportive but i remember on two out of three occasions um my i had to turn up to the funeral and then go to the wake and get changed out of my like black suit and then put my north face on and get in a car and drive to a you know, drive to a set where my operator had taken over for the morning or, uh, or you know, another uh, cinematographer had come in and, and like, helped me out as a favour. Um, but, you know, the, I mean, these are, like, terrible horror movies running around in the woods with, like, buckets of blood and a 16mm camera and fake werewolf mask or whatever, you know, but which, like, we'll never see the light of day. But it was still that kind of dogged... You know, and, and the fact that my parents were like, no, you've got to go and do what you've got to do. Like, we, we appreciate your uh, your passion, you know. And, um, and so my parents were were incredible. Like, and, and the rest of my family were, and they still are incredible. I mean, like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're proud. I'm Like, to be perfectly honest, I'm the, the Academy Award and all that kind of stuff, even though it, it, it is, like, the biggest honour imaginable, um, I don't keep it in my house. I keep it at theirs because they're Ooh, beautiful, amazing, amazing. Beautiful. Weird way. I, I, I get joy out of uh, talking to people like yourself and like the, my fellow peers, you know. But <coughs> it it's a, I think by doing that, it's a kind of little reminder that that, that their faith and and the fruits of their labor as well, and 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 their trust in me. Uh, you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, I've got a brother who's a doctor, and I've got a sister who's a lawyer, and um, you know, like, <laughs> I was right. always, like, I was always the black sheep, you know, like the guy who was just the, you know, and and they, they've done extremely well for themselves. Um, but I was never going to be a doctor. I was never going to be a lawyer. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I just don't think like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the thing is. It's something that we say a lot amongst my friends, you know, you know, community is everything, you know, community is everything. Um, yeah, man, you know, I could go on and on about that, um, but I'm not going to take up that time. It's your time. And I really, you know, when I listen, when I 
when I when I listen to your story and I listen to how aware you are, how self-aware you are, how aware you are about your journey and how thankful you are for your journey and how you understand how at every milestone there was a lesson to be gained that would ultimately um, influence uh, the next stage in the process. Like you understand that kind of, that kind of like the dialectics of that journey. I'll say that I think, you know, if I just, and I really want to talk about Clyde on the Western Front because I really do think it's like in so many ways, um, very miraculous, very spirited experience um, story-wise and clearly visually. Um, I feel like there's a certain sensitivity that I see in the image. There's a certain understanding and a certain respect for humanity that I saw in the image. I saw, I see a certain um, love, not just for humanity, but a certain love for how um, light is um, an actual tangible um, element in our experience and how we experience um, the days of our lives and the sort of moments of our lives. Um, and I see it and, and, and to have and to understand that means that you're very you're very, you're aware you're, you're you're an observant person in a certain way. I'm, and again, I'm I'm drawing all these conclusions, not from talking to you, but just from being being a student, like actually studying those these, the images in the film. Um, I want to ask you, I'm saying on to say that I really want to ask you and if you can kind of take us on a journey of like. I don't even have the words, man, I don't even have the language, it's like. I feel like over the years, this this idea of like naturalism always comes up. You know what I mean? Like this these questions around naturalism and like realism, and you know, it's kind of when it's asked by somebody, it always feels like it's not. Um, it doesn't quite encapsulate what's really happening on the screen in front of us. But I understand what it is. It's like people really respect the fact that the artist is present, but not necessarily seen. They see this sort of conscious, beautiful. Um, uninterrupted stream of consciousness between the actual light and the thing that we see on the screen or the way it lights a space or it lights the human body, um, the body. Um, you know, that's like, that's like one building block. But then I, when I look at your work, I see there's like, it transcends that in a way. Like it, it takes those moments and it, you add something to it that is clearly a James Friend form of expression, but it has this thing in it um, that is, is it, it can't be quantified in words. And uh, at least I can't do it. And what I would love, not, not that you can do it, not that I'm asking you to do it, but what I would love to hear is just like, what, what's that process? Like, what is it like, you know, for you to develop the look D developed the look for something like All Quiet on the Western Front, which, which by the way, I will say has all of these, like, in most people's minds, a film of that, that film, you know, which is a film that has, in some ways, have been made before, um, literally and figuratively, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, how you subvert or go around the sort of tropes or the sort of nom visual nomenclatures of making those kinds of films. Um, how do you develop something like that? And, and, ha and, and keep yourself inserted in it or not, or what that process may be for you. And then go to something like Acolyte, which is a, in some ways people may think is a totally different thing, but 
what's your pro like how do you what is it that we're seeing what is it that we're experiencing in your work that makes it so present in that way I, it, it's a it's a it's one of the best questions that i've ever been asked to be perfectly honest because, <laughs> and part of it is i don't really i don't exactly know how to answer it or articulate it and i and I think that that's why it's one of the best questions. Um, but like, it's um, it, it naturally always starts with the script. But before that, like, what I did before reading the script is I read the book, right? Again, and then once I'd read the book once, I I listened to the audio book and listened to how it was narrated and the kind of the emotions that when I was reading it on the page and and, and the narration, like what was I feeling, right? And um, then from a photographic perspective, or in fact, before you even talk, we talk about photographic perspective, like as a the cinematographer's kind of duty, I suppose, more than it, more than the, it, his or her's job is like. You have to navigate the audience, like almost. I don't want to say more so than the director, but like, um, in a very different way. To well, it depends on who the director is, you know. Um, but you know, we have to visually navigate the, uh, you know, the, the 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 audience. And um, so I didn't look at it originally from a kind of photographic perspective. I kind of I, I parked all of that, and I was very clear with Ed, the director, like. Uh, when he, because he, he was, he would say to me almost on a daily basis, um, "What's the film going to look like?" And part of my, uh, part of the, the process that I love, I absolutely love, is discovering that. Like, um, and and I suppose this is why, like, episodic TV, even though it's been such a huge instrumental part of um, my growing up and my education in the business. I've always kind of done my own thing when I've got behind the camera. I don't know any other way to do it. So like, so if someone says, oh, this is a block three or an episode five out of eight or whatever, um, and it has to look the same, it's like, just because it's shot on the same lenses or whatever, or in the same camera, by, by, by definition and by, and by, na by nature, by, by changing up the person behind the tools, you're not going to get the same image. Like I, I, don't, I, I always hate referring to myself as like an artist or comparing myself to an artist, even though it, it, we are artists. Um, but it's it's only because I've, I've I've heard people in the past refer to themselves as that, and and um, and I've always I've kind of gone out, you know. But anyway, so that's that I'm going off on a tangent. But it's like if, if you if you've got the same canvas material, you've got the same brushes, and you've got the same paints, you, by changing the artist, you're never going to get something that looks the same. They're going to have similar quality, like qualities and and characteristics, but the the expression of it visually is always going to be completely different, right? Um, and uh, and yeah, like when ed kept on asking me like what's this film going to look like i was very very candid with him and i was like i don't know like i don't know let's let's talk about it and my first my first starting block was um basically taking a stills camera and going out 
in completely natural light, and this is going back to your point, right? Um, and just taking pictures of of the cast and um, and the environment, possibly more than anything, um, in completely natural light, but in sympathetic light to how I wanted to photograph the film, right? And um, and then importing that into the the process and kind of looking at it we had the, the the most wonderful costume designer production designer makeup designer um just the whole team and we all came together one day with the cast we put them in costume we put them in makeup and um i said right I, i'm gonna um i just basically want to see what they look like under you know with 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 the you know so we put a tribe on um uh, we put a, we, we put a tribe lens on on a on a um on a 65 and on an LF and we shot some screen tests. And I remember the, um, the, my gaffer and the producer said to me, oh, can we put a lighting list in? And I didn't put any lights down. I, I just put um, diffusion frames and, uh, and neg negative, negative fill, right? And <laughs> like, well, don't, don't you want something maybe just for the eyes or whatever? And I was like, well, if it's for the eyes, we'll just use a bit of poly bounce or something like that. You know, see uh, see what it looks like under natural, naturalistic light, like natural light. Like you, because for me, you can never beat that. You can never, ever, ever beat that. Almost to the point where I don't think I was trying to wrap my brains actually on a day exterior on all quiet when I actually lit an actor with a lamp. Um, because I very, very, very rarely do it. Like, and I'm sorry to suddenly start talking about the, the technical side of things, but obviously being a craft, it is all kind of related a little bit. But um, no, nah, man, flow, flow, talk, sit, sit, tell I, us I love, whatever you want. I love, I love nat natural light, and for me, one of the things that I feel like I'm getting good at uh, at the moment is manipulating natural light. So there's so much light out there. Like we all know, if you 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 go outside on a day like today and you take a meter reading, you're going to get like 64 or whatever. Like, in fact, I don't even want to talk about stops, but you're going to get something where you know that you're just going to have to ND the living crap out of the camera. And you know, there's so much there's so much light there. So why why start adding? Why don't you just start taking away? Um, and for me, you end up with a lot more uh, just. A much more of a beautiful image and so every set on all quiet and every um every location um i was given kind of carte blanche and free reign by by ed the director to basically we would we would painstakingly discuss locations and some parts and um and time of day and where where we're going to shoot at what time and we would map it all out to 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 the point that I've never ever ever done before. Um, and Ed, who's um, he's so respectful of our craft, and he he loves good cinematography. So he would kind of just let me if, if I'm like right, we need to be here at, at eight o'clock in the morning, and then we need to go and shoot like two clicks that way. And look back this way for the for the sunset shot because that will look the best. It, it, he will he won't really take on board any of the logistical stuff that we have to. He'll just go right if James wants it, then I I respect him, you know. And and that's what we did. And um, so it was more about just forensic timing 
And, um, you know, we, we built the battlefield um, in a place that was perfectly perfectly south-facing because it was a, an old air base. So in the morning, just the absolute mandate was, right, we're going to look towards the French trench. It, we were looking east, and then at midday, we're going to be looking completely south. And then So every day, we would have to do this big dance all the way around the battlefield, break actor and performance continuity like you wouldn't believe, you know. And um, but my whole thing was... <laughs> um, you know, it, the image, the image, the image, because ultimately I'm the sort of biggest custodian of it after the and, That's it. You know, and and luckily because of our amazing cast, Felix being our lead and, and Albrecht and, and the rest of the guys, um, they were they were respectful of it and no one ever questioned it. And the, and I I constantly think to myself, if we had ended up with a with a uh, you know, someone a bit more difficult than uh, that insisted that it had to be done this way, then it, it could have had a very different outcome, could have been a very different movie. And obviously sometimes if, if I if I saw that the actors really needed it, then I could bring things in. But we were, you know, to help with the light, but we were working with a real in a very unforgiving um unforgiving uh, like environment that um any small decision of like add a shot here or add a camera here or do this or do that, it would it would take time, you know, um, because of the the, the the environment we were working in. So we had to be extremely precise, and we were working during COVID. And I would say it's like the only thing, like t touch wood, like everyone that I knew was safe during COVID. And and I, but I was away from my family. Um, my wife luckily managed to come out for a little bit out in Prague when we were shooting but that kind of having those stakes of like you're dealing with life and death in real life and then you're dealing with this horrific life and death as well um in this kind of you know play that we're shooting during the day you know like and um it was exhausting but it still gave you i think the covid thing actually completely re-engineered my philosophies in life and my appreciation. Mm, mm, I don't know how. I don't know how it did, but it definitely made me. It, it definitely made it into the film. In my it, oh, completely, completely, completely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's that thing. I think that's the thing. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like that's the thing that is sort of sprinkled on top of that film. That you know is of complete contemporary contextual <laughs> referential uh, uh, existence, but is sprinkled over this, this film that is not of our time, but still feels like of our time. You know what I mean? And I think that was the thing too. There was like a, a relatability. I just remember, I think the one thing, and it's, it's so interesting that, you know, you chose to shoot Alexa 65, um, because I kept reminding myself. Actually, I didn't know it when I was watching. I think I looked it up while I was watching it. It's just like, and the reason why I looked it up while I was watching it was, I just felt like I. That film is about people's eyes. You know what I mean? There was always like a. You know, it's like. In the most in the most um, incredibly diverse ways. You know, I remember the one scene, the two scenes. Well, one scene that really touched me. Um. And it's also about the eyes is when 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 
when the uh, the guys are sitting in the barn and they got the duck and they're cooking the duck and and they look out the barn and these these girls these young women are walking across the field yeah. <laughs> and the one guy you know who who has all the bravery in the world goes and takes a journey with them you know this rites of passage journey and I just remember like how how as a point of view it was like a a, a sort of an epic of in scale, but still had intimate, but had this thing and a very relatability, like relatable rite of passage moment that's universal for all people um, who have lived through some adolescent youthful moment, you know what I mean? And I just remember like the reverse being clearly about how every person in that barn was like processing that moment and they all had their own interest in why they didn't approach them first or how they didn't have enough courage to do it or how that wasn't important because they were eating duck. You know what I mean? It was just like that scene had all this meta, meta moments in it. But I just remember just being the eyes, the eyes in that moment because as he walked away, nobody said anything. <laughs> they just watched. And I remember just being really like inspired and impressed by how much the film had that thing about it and the, looking into people's souls. And, and then obviously, I can't remember the character's name, but once he's covered in all the mud, <laughs> and then all it is is about the eyes, you know what I mean? Like this, this, this earth being, this thing that emerges from the earth. Um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, when he's in the crater and they, they did, Heiko, our um, makeup designer, did this incredible job. And that was one of the things that really resonated with me. Like when we shot uh, makeup tests for that, it was like, like it accentuated the whites of his eyes to the like the, the point where you just couldn't you couldn't look anywhere else it was it was uh, it was quite remarkable it kind of i remember literally looking through the camera on that day and and and, and being kind of transfixed and and, and it was but and, and that's by like it's nothing that i did you know that was that, that was, right right <laughs> right yeah incredible uh, makeup and, and, and costume design you know so it was uh but yeah i mean it was all, like yeah I, I, I think i think i think the thing that not, not sorry not to, not to cut you off you get you getting excited because you said so many things that are like i have friends hey listen man if you ever want to leave the, the uk and move to the united states move to baltimore because you have so many friends there you sound <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you literally i feel like man this brother is family um you know i i, I think one of the um, something that you said, I'd love to hear you just kind of build on this, or you don't have to if you don't want to. But I just, I just want to. Um, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about because right now we're in an interesting moment in the industry where it's really we're we're, we're um, um, unpacking all these questions about labor um, and fairness and whether that be compensation or access to your own image or um, your ability to self-determine in your own craft. Um, and where you fall in that spectrum is neither here or there, but like not you, but the general folks who are listening. Um, it's kind of interesting that we're in that moment because it, what, it, what it's like also bringing up for me is this, these, this question about what you've highlighted, which is like we all, we have all these folks that come together in this incredible art form that's very, that's what I love to call it. it's very much a circus. <laughs> you have all, it's like, we're all trying to manage one another's personalities. We're managing our own personalities, managing our own expectations. 
you know, you have all these multiple leaders, these multiple folks and, and leadership for everybody is very different. Some of us are, have, we decentralize the leadership and allow folks to have their own place. Some of us are very militaristic and really want to come with, come at a very regimented way. Um, and I think all of it is very interesting and really is interesting the fact that we all come together and it's not complete, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we don't, you know, it's not the complete destruction of the like, this little nation state that we um, come together to make, to make this film. Um, but the one thing that like is apparent and, and, and uh, you know, for us it's more apparent, but I think it's the universal tool between what we imagine and what we provide the world with, whether it be one person watching the film or millions of people watching the film, is the camera. And the thing that I really, um, that really resonated with me was just your relationship with, the, with your director and how that, not that he would ever sacrifice performance for a light or a thing, you know what I mean? Like it, it's obviously that's always gonna come into play, but that we all understand that cinema is, I always say it, it's like, it's, a, it's an art form. It's an art form that has all these other art forms that come together, but it is a, a medium of motion pictures <laughs> and picture being the key word. And so when I listen to you talk about your makeup artist, that's a person that respects the camera understands that the camera is the thing that we all gather behind to look and understand. Or when you said you cut the light and you came where the cinematographer was to like see what the affect was like, that's really perspective. That's really the lens. That's really the camera that you're looking at. It's really, you're trying to understand that. Um, hey, I think you got, you got, you put yourself on mute there. My bad. We can hear you. No, that's um, Aaron, I think. Mm -hmm. Hey, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> nah, it's all good. <laughs> got to put yourself on mute. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. How'd that no, happen? No, no, it was you. No, it just it's here, Zephyr. <laughs> Did you just hear Zephyr talking away? Does Lily? No, no, no. Barely, barely. barely. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, I could hear it. I could hear it coming. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> um, but I just, I mean, I just want to hear you expand. I mean, that's kind of like my philosophy. That's like a thing that I'm really trying to understand for myself more as I go into like, I haven't shot a film in a long time. Um, it's actually funny now is you said something too that really hit me. Like I'm actually thinking about shooting a film um, that's also based on a book. And um, I, I, I did the same thing. I actually listened to the audio book and I realized that the way, and the writer of the book actually is reading the book. And there is something interesting about the script is written one way, but the voice of the writer is actually the thing that I'm connected to the most in this process. Like it's actually somehow inspiring, like the visual, the visual cadence that I want, and I haven't met with the director yet, but like the visual cadence that I would love to bring to the film. But ultimately all those discussions are like around the camera, you know what I mean? And I mean, and I would love to hear you just think, hear you talk about that, whether you can be completely abstract or completely literal, but you know, what is that thing? Like, what is it? What is it like? And I guess the question is, is like, what is it the thing that we don't understand broadly in the art form that this object that we bring to the table, we all see it's there, but we don't understand it or we don't respect it or we're fearful of it, which is legitimate. What is it like? What, or, or versus we have a, a, 
an allegiance to it that maybe stands in the way of other things that could be revealed to us? Like, I don't know if my question's clear, but like, it's definitely something that I'm thinking about now, you know, like, I want to have a different relationship with the camera. I want to, and I think the reason why I'm asking that too is because I just feel like All Quiet on the Western Front, I really hate to talk about Acolyte too, but like that is clear that everybody, um, that film expresses that, that everybody understood that there's all this other stuff of the dramaturgy, the other thing of it going on, but then there's like the camera then has to be placed in the right place. Um, that film, your, the film really exemplifies that, you know, it's classic in that way. It's kind of out of time in a time where people don't, where I feel like people don't respect the camera, that you all's film, and I'm, and I'm gonna stop talking, I'm rambling, but I'm gonna let you ask a question. I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna give, I'm gonna give, I wanna give you one other anecdote. My mentor, Haile Garima, one of the, I consider the greatest filmmakers of all time, one of the, changed my whole life and many other filmmakers really had us thinking about film, us who grew up on American films. I went to Howard, I went to Howard University to study film and he had me rethink that whole, under, he had me re rethink my whole childhood, everything that I grew up on, all the films I saw, he made me, he gave me another understanding of that and what was also out there for me to explore, to evaluate and develop my own voice as a cinematographer, as an image maker, as a filmmaker. I was talking to him, he doesn't watch much. <laughs> he doesn't watch much. You know, and he he said, he asked me, he's like, have you seen All Quiet on the Western Front? And I wasn't ready yet. I was like, oh, uh -huh, what is he going to say? Because he's like, he has amazing analysis and has amazing criticism for everything. Constructive. And he just, like, he went on a whole 15 minutes about how that film is sort of out of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, but refreshing. And I just never, and it's a rare to hear him talk about work, contemporary work in that way. Because I think, and I think that, I say that to say that I think one of the things that he got from it was, this is a man that started making films in 1965. You know what I mean? And like his approach to filmmaking is not our approach to filmmaking, and it shouldn't be. But he's, I think what he recognized was, as a director, he was like, these are filmmakers that understand something essential that maybe is lost now, you know, which is like, we do our part, but then we all kind of gather as a unit around this thing that is, has no intellectual prowess, has no agenda other than the thing that we put through it. You know what I mean? I mean, I think you, you, you've said, you've highlighted two things, which I think is the only way at the moment I could begin to answer this question. And in a year's time, I may answer it differently, but maybe, maybe just expand upon it. But, but it, I think you've, I've hi, you've highlighted the, the the biggest the biggest sort of attribute that the film ha has or had or still has actually was the the collaborators within it, because I have never. I've never worked on a production, um, and to a degree, I'm, I'm. One of my fears is that I never will again. Or, or where I've worked, where I've worked in such sort of harmony and synchronicity with other people. Like I felt like, really, for the first time, that. Um, the, the production designer, the, the our producers, um, 
our, our everyone in the office, like uh, our our runners, like 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 every sort of PA. I don't know if this is just the way I perceived it, but I, I, it, actually it can't be because um, because of the, the way the film turned out. But I felt felt like that everyone there were, were filmmakers, were actually storytellers, right? And they respect, <clears throat> I don't want to say respect the sort of placement of the camera, but they respect the sort of discipline of 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 storytelling. It, it, like storytelling transcends filmmaking. It's like a, it's it's more of a you know it goes back to sort of cave paintings and all sorts you know and or music or poetry you know like I, I don't want to sound too sort of flowery with this but I really felt like that everyone and I think this is the, the majesty of, of, of Edward Berger as a director because he empowers people and he creates a kind of a cocktail of hand-picked ingredients that that is the filmmaker I, I can't imagine any person on that job who's better suited to, to 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 like make that film than the team that we had. You know, the only person that I'd put in doubt would be myself because obviously I know myself, and I'm gonna. And that's not me just trying to sound humble, but like um, I remember at the beginning, <laughs> you know, I just finished working with him, and he said to me, "Look, do do you want to make this film?" And I knew he wanted to work with me, but I said to him, "Like I would, I would amputate a, a limb to make this film. It is, it's that important." So Edward, the, the reason he's a fantastic storyteller and kind of captain is because he put everyone together, and we all complemented each other. I think as raw ingredients, we're only as good as the people around us. But like any good meal or any good, you know. It just, I, I don't know, like, or any piece of music, like when it's, when it's all combined, that's when, you know, everything's accentuated. And, and, and the, and, and the other thing is what you said about fear, because um, I've never felt so much uh, dread and responsibility and, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever questioned myself my own process and my you know because i'm thinking oh my, like the the author of this book i'm like i i've been given a the responsibility of being the filmmaker to tell this story uh, and like i'm kind of thinking would like eric remark like approve like if he was an exec producer on this film even though he's been dead you know 70 years if he was an exec would he uh would he approve my my involvement like i don't like I don't, and, and and we constantly were kind of questioning you know it, the, the fear is what keeps you kind of uh keeps you on your toes you know and uh and fear definitely got me through that job and and, and one thing that i can uh really relate to almost more than more than anything now is that um is the post the the, the, the film you know what whatever project i kind of went on to afterwards or whatever like it doesn't matter if it was a short film or a, or a, a a little pop promo or you know just something like an experimental little art piece or something i would still have that same fear you know and i think that that's that's kind of what's 
film really kind of installed in me. I had it before, but I think it was it's been more concentrated now. Um, but also everyone on that film, they, they sensed the responsibility. No one turned up to work to, I didn't get the impression that anyone that was there, that they wanted to be there. Even if, even if they turned around and said, we've run out of money, we can't even pay you. You know, like I, I think everyone would have still given it the same amount of effort. And, and it's that love, it's that love. I don't, I don't even know if this is even answering your question, but it's, um, yeah, that's no, it is. It is. It is. It is. No, it is. I think the I think the camera is like uh, the camera is um, in many ways. The, I guess the question I'm really asking is like, I think the camera is a metaphor. You know, what I mean, I think the camera is like it's both metaphorical and concretizing what it is for us as filmmakers. It is an actual device that has mechanics and has, you know, all these other things in it that um, some of us understand and some of us don't. But we use it to express certain ideas, you know I mean? We do it to really sort of elicit a feeling um, in ourselves that we hope that gets transferred to people that come to see film, you know? Well, if, you know, like I used to be, when I was uh, a, a younger filmmaker, I used to really obsess about um, the technicalities of filmmaking because mm. in the void of me trying to find my voice as an artist, all you can really do is um, all, all you all you can really do is uh, is is try and improve upon how you tell the stories, and and you know a, a camera at the end of the day, it's a um, it's a black it's a light proof box you know, um, it's that I don't want to say they're all the same because they're not but fundamentally they're all the same, um, like it's the it's what you do with the camera that defines you as a, as a, as a cinematographer, you know, you can, um, right. it's, so that, I think that was one of the things that I always tell students and young filmmakers when they ask me about, you know, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I've ever given a shit about resolution or anything like that. You know, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Those things just don't, um, they don't even, they should come on pop up my radar as things to care about, but they don't, I'm just like, well, does it create good images, you know? And and uh, and and yes, you know, yes or no. And then you start looking at the combinations and of, of glass and creating that kind of mixture. But at the end of the day, the camera is 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 not the camera isn't a lens. It's not just a lightproof box or anything like that. It's actually where you place the audience. The, That's the audience it. on uh, on a story. Um, That's you, it. Uh, you are the you are the, uh, the 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 eyes of of the audience, and that that's our job, you know. And the camera is just a tool, really. So it's completely, uh, completely. Does that make completely. sense? No, it does. No, I mean that's it. I mean that's it. I mean that's the kind of the the leading question is like, what is it like? What's the thing that we're really trying to, as an image maker, like what is the thing that we're trying to transfer? First of all, what's the thing we're trying to receive in the process? right um as a community but as also as a singular entity in this community and once we experience that and we define it it may not happen in real time you know maybe days later or maybe whatever it is you know um what is it that we're trying to transfer or give to the audience after that which kind of is a segue to like my next question which is i don't have much time so maybe the last one but like what's the thing that you because i always believe in like the cumulative value of an artist not like 
you never we should as filmmakers we should never be value we should never be evaluated or um you know our body our body of work is is um the conversation we're having with ourselves and the and again folks that we assume will come see our work happens over a period of time the, our body of work is not defined by one thing or one frame it, not one film it's over a series of time we develop ourselves and we understand there's certain, certain things about ourselves that appear in each one of our adventures you know and um i'm curious to hear like from your perspective um you know if you're a painter and you're working in acrylics you know you know once you you may have experienced something working in acrylics that um leads you to believe that the next series of images that you create as a painter means that you're, uh, what you discovered there, you may want to now work in watercolor. You may want to work in uh, other another material, sand, brick, mud, whatever it may be. Um, but that's something you have in your head as you finish this other series of works. What's the thing that you like, what's the thing you're interested in? Like, uh, I mean, what's the thing, maybe, what, maybe what's something that you, you learn over the years, or let's say specifically from Mark White or West Front that you took to Acolyte, what's, what's, or maybe it has no, maybe it has no bearing on any of it, but what's the thing that you're thinking about? Uh, what's the thing that's on your mind a lot as an artist who works in images? Like what are the things you're trying, you're wrestling with or something that you're inspired by or something that you want to achieve or you want to see? I, I think for me, it, for me, it always just comes down to the story and, and how, um, you know, how to navigate the next the next step of the journey uh, visually is always it should always be sympathetic to the story so you know for me it's less about you know what what tools or anything like this like you know it, it's 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 all about what's what's the next chapter what what do i want to you know what what story do i want to tell next and you know i think that is why um, I wanted to do a, you know, a, a Star Wars uh, project afterwards because I wanted something quite different. I was offered uh, like two other war movies after All Quiet on the Western Front, and like that for me would have been like the worst decision to have done. Like not only, uh, <laughs> I'm not only just talking about career wise. I'm talking about like emotionally myself. You know, right. Uh, right. So I want I wanted to do something different, and like I. Uh, I'm I'm such a, a motion a motion picture fan. Like I I am just looking forward to the next thing that comes out that absolutely enraptures me. Like your work, Greg Fraser's work. Like I get mm. I get more I get more excited by watching other people's imagery. I think and be like Dune, for example, just um like like took me likewise took, took me. <laughs> But actually, I had to sit down. I had to. I, I, I would look with Dune. I was already like before Dune. I was already like I don't know when I'm gonna make another film. But after I saw Dune, I added two more years to that wait. <laughs> I was like two years. Two more. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you see when you see someone like when I look at your work and I look at Greg's work and I look at say Roger's work, and and when I see something and I'm just like I I could never do that. You know, and 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 I think I've kind of made peace with myself that actually, if I could do that, um, then I wouldn't appreciate it as much. Do you know what I mean? So right, I'm, and I'm, you would I'm, never do that. You would never do that anyway, because that's not exactly, you. You exactly. know. So, I'm, so yeah. I'm more like 
when you sort of ask me like what like what what's kind of next or like what things do I want to do? I, I, I'm more interested in looking at other people's other people's imagery because actually what that's enabled enabled me to do in I would say in the last few years, it's enabled me to divide this line where when I started making films, I um I I didn't watch films in the same way again. It was quite it was quite a destructive process as well as being a very liberating process because I was right. realizing my dreams, but at the same time I was I was uh I was analyzing where the light's coming from, where why there's a double shadow on the back wall, why there was a, a bump in the track, why that when there was a buzz in the focus and and it started to um it, it started to uh kind of constantly create that kind of that that fourth wall it's almost like being in a cinema and having a, a fire exit emergency exit sign in your peripheral vision and constantly be reminded that actually <laughs> what you're not looking at is completely uh you're completely immersed in it it's always got a little reminder somewhere that there's uh the, the, the <laughs> uh, and, right. and uh and you know there's filmmakers that i'm i follow religiously and i'm People like yourself, I'm proud to say that I I know you guys and I can count like some of you as friends, you know. Now and and, mm. and I, I've, I've existed in likewise time, like time as as you guys and uh, and yeah, like that's that's what keeps me alive because that because that purely because also when you add the other layer on top of things, which is the reality of it all, filmmaking is not an easy process. Like mm. it's not uh, like you know i'm i'm uh, i try and be as relaxed as possible on set but inside i'm like a nervous wreck you know and uh and and to the point where i thought well i i really want to the next film that i make has really got to be worth it because i'm most likely shaving years off my life it's it's almost i always thought that like every frame that i shoot was almost like a, a, a smoking a cigarette you know of uh, you know as far as taking years <laughs> Right, <laughs> it can be that stressful, you know. But then ultimately, it is so rewarding. So, so yeah, like I, I love looking at other. Yeah, as far as going going forward and things like that, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I'm just. I, no, I, you I, are. You are. You're now. You are. That's. I mean, I, I feel like watching, like when I saw Arrival, for example, um, you know that, you know we. we we, we constantly refer to Edward and I constantly refer to it as kind of like that, that there's there's one scene at the beginning of the film with Amy Adams where she's she's in her that sort of glass house and there's that lovely beautiful quality of soft like gray silvery kind of light coming through the window and it's like a you know low light and and that was we constantly had we we had a, a big bible book of images and it's amazing, like how much of your work was kind of it was oh, man. present in that, nah. and, you know, and and people, people like Greg, and you know, so sometimes it's like more. You've kind of you guys have actually made me, uh, made me become an audience member again, which mm. Is, mm. Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, completely, completely. Like I, man, listen, I really appreciate that because I'll just say, you know. 
I, I think I really appreciate that, man. That's a lesson. Again, this is why these conversations are so, you know, that's the reason why they're so beautiful to be, to have. And, you know, um, I'm so glad we had a chance to have it because now I realize that <laughs> we share so much more in common than I, than I knew. Um, and I think, you know, with the takeaway for me in this conversation, and I'm so thankful and so um, grateful that um, it happened. And, you know, the takeaway for me is that, you know, it's what you said, you know, I need, I need to go back to being an audience member again. You know, I think that's, that's the thing that's missing, you know, for me right now. You know, I need, to, I want to go back to be, I need to be a child again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to be like the eight-year-old version of me with all the things I've learned. I need to go back to being the eight-year-old and being completely enamored and like, you know, taken, you know, taken back by the, the beauty of it all, even though I know how it's all made and, and, and I know the process, but just, you know, really, um, you know, just being vulnerable again, you know, being open, being like um, a vessel of joy, you know, being open to being and living in joy again, you know, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just excited to see, <laughs> just listening to you. I'm just so, I'm just like, I'm just so excited to see what you've done and what you're going to do next, you know, um, if you, if we had to, we got, you got to go, I was going to say, if there's, is there anything, really a question, is there anything that you, you want to share before we get out of here? Anything you want to well, I could, express I could, or say? I, I was just thinking I could talk for I could talk with you for hours. That's the that's the yeah. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> we, we got we got to do another one. We got, we, we'll do we'll do some we'll do some offline anyway, and nobody's yeah, ever going to hear. <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff I, I want to say, but I just don't like it's. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you for the. For the opportunity like being a, i think being a cinematographer is um like there's only one of you on set you know unless you're running another unit but even then you you very rarely get to see each other so it can actually be quite a kind of um a lonely existence uh, isolated as far as you know responsibilities and craft and and um and an expression and things like that and i just really want to say that thank you for things like these round tables you know that enable other cinematographers even if you're just listening or you know or even if you 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 know you you meet up and and chat as friends or even like the societies like the asc and the bsc you know the mm -hmm. reason they exist is because we can we can get together and share knowledge and and you know meet the guys and girls behind behind the, the smoke and mirrors you know and it's right. um right it's it's just it's an honor and it's a pleasure and i just want to i just Hello. Oh man, we lost you. You said it was an honor and a pleasure, and then it went. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you, man. But yeah. Oh man, no, thank you, bro. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for thank you for your like clarity and your brilliance and just like your yeah, just your your realness, man. Like I was, I was yeah. quite a lot. So I'm no, sorry. you were not. Yeah. Nah, man. Listen, people who are gonna see this and get so much out of this. Like you make you make. You make you make things very relatable. You know what I mean. I really appreciate like I really appreciate that. Like that's why I, it's so crazy when I got on the call. I'm talking about kindred spirits, and I'm like, well, let's see. 
I feel that, but let's see. And as you're talking, I was like, this is completely my brother. This, this cat, he's, the, he's, in the, he's, he's fully in our posse. <laughs> so much you said was so relatable. It's, it's, yeah. So really, thank you, man. Just thank you for being I was listening. Who you are. Yeah, I was listening in the whole time. And I was thinking that like right after the first like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, Brad's going to love this guy. Like right after <laughs> that, I was like, he's one of his people. <laughs> I even Completely. texted you. You weren't looking, obviously, at your text. Like, oh, my God. It was a really, <laughs> such a beautiful conversation. And I think that there was so much vulnerability there and honesty. And that's what I love the most about what we do at Film Roundtable too, is like have these really open conversations. And that's so relatable to so many people, right? Because the film business seems so, so distant for folks, right? And we're all the same in, in a lot of ways. And then we're both and, right? We've had different mm -hmm. journeys to get to where we've come. And I think you telling your journey, James, is just, it was so beautiful. And about your family and their part in this and how hard you work and beautiful. really ingraining yourself and learning about lighting, you know, and, and, and learning so much about lighting that you don't even light. You don't even want to light anymore. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's the sun. We have the sun. It's the greatest light. And I love that, you know, and that that's, that's really embracing fear. Right. And, and letting go of it. And going to the next level because, mm -hmm. you know, I was a producer for 20 years. Not many DPs think that way. Trust me. So dependent on so many other things. And we have the sun, which is like, you can't get any greater than that. And I love how you, you, you're deconstructing that aspect of light, you know, um, just taking yeah. it away. It was really great. Thank you. A great conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know you gotta go, man. You gotta go. Don't don't be on. <laughs> yeah, I know you gotta get to your things. Yeah. Well, well, listen. Yeah. If there's any, if there's any interest of of doing another one after like another project or even just oh yeah, it, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like I, 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 I love you guys and th thank you so much. Likewise. Yeah, and and James, if you have someone you want to talk to, you know, come to us. Just have Shana reach out. Get my email from her. And yeah, you can have another conversation. We have we have that happening all the time. It's like a rotating group of folks that come on and are like, hey, I want to have this call. And then they have it and I let them, you know, we let them free to do their thing. And so it's like we were able to establish this great platform in COVID when everybody in this business weren't, wasn't doing anything. So they had a chance to listen. And now we have this huge audience and it's a really nice um, platform to just, you know, be open about what you want to talk about. That, that would be a huge honor, and I'll definitely take you up on that. Yeah. Yeah, let sure. us know anytime. Please do. Please do. Yeah, man. That... I, don't, I don't know if you... This might bring back a few memories for you quickly. I just want to show you this. <laughs> this is how much of a fan I am of your work. Oh, man, please. <laughs> oh, man, look at that. <laughs> Red cup. An illegal, an illegal call sheet. Hey, listen. listen. <laughs> you James friend, you James friend, they're not gonna be nothing to you. <laughs> nah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, nah, thank you, man. Thank you, bro. We'll talk soon. And have a great day. Have a great yeah, have a great scout. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye. Cheers, thank peace. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.